Imagine knowing exactly what your students are learning and exactly which steps you need to take next. Join us in Down With The Reading Quiz to craft meaningful and productive formative assessments that move away from gotcha moments of basic recall and toward assessing what your students actually can do. In this 30-minute free masterclass, we'll share three powerful assessment keys that work for any novel at any time of the year. Head to shop.bravenewteaching.com slash masterclass to sign up, and we'll also send you a free workbook to keep track of all your notes. Once again, that's shop.bravenewteaching.com slash masterclass to nail formative assessments forever. Hey, Amanda. Hey, Marie. What are you up to later? Want to join me for happy hour? I'm all in. And guess what's amazing? Our listeners and friends of the podcast can also join us because Brave New Teaching Happy Hour has officially launched. Cheers. Cheers, everyone. We are officially hanging out a little bit longer after school with an extended extra private podcast feed just for you. Yes. Members of Happy Hour get extra 15 minutes of the podcast, give or take, because you know us, we run a little bit long. It's just kind of how we are. But if you would like to get in on this Happy Hour action, please join us. It is only $5 a month. Head to curriculumrehab.com slash happy hour and get yourself signed up because when you're there, Amanda, tell our friends what we do every month for our Happy Hour members. I think my favorite part is coming up with a new free resource for our listeners every month. And then we pretty much break down that resource and how to use it. We also like to have guests on to do extended episodes and even Q&A that's just for you about that resource. It's really exclusive and super private just for you. So if you are like us and you like hanging out, you like chit-chatting about all things that are teaching, teacher life, and everything under that umbrella, join us for happy hour and we will see you there. Bye. Bye. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to Brave New Teaching. Today, we have some tips, some tricks, some strategies. Really, we're just trying to dig into some things that will save you time, that will save you energy in the long run. For those of you who, like us, are putting together or or who are already operating in a virtual learning environment, or maybe even a hybrid, um, some things that we have learned along the way and some things that we have kind of gleaned from others, from friends, from colleagues. We're excited to share that with you. We want to save you time. We want to save you energy. Hi, Amanda. Hey, everybody. Yeah, this is, guys, this online world. So as we're recording, I'm about a week into my online teaching journey. Of course, that's kind of up in the air. Who knows how long they're going to let us stay home. Um, But yeah, I think what we've got to share with you guys are some ways to hack the system in a way that the drainage you're going to feel from this is not like (laughs) a horrible outpouring of being drained, but like a man where we're going to manage try to help manage that stress and that over workload. You know Absolutely. what I mean? Well, and like you're saying, like I'm in a place right now where we are two weeks away from the start of school and it is unclear. We are all starting my district virtually, but it's unclear how long we will remain that way. Elementary is more up in the air, middle and high school. There's talk of like at the end of grading periods, but then at the same time, like those in charge really don't have that much control over it because it all has to do with numbers and COVID cases and all of, you know, and the rates and all of that. So all of that uncertainty is uh, really terrifying and kind of mind numbing. So we've kind of put together some things that you can take control of because the other thing is, let's say we all go back, there's a very 
good chance of going virtual again or being hybrid, right? So we're trying to create ways to bridge the gap and create a little consistency for teachers, especially while we are serving our students and their parents, right? The community, all of that. So let's jump in. Yeah, that was a lot of intro for it, but let's just cue that music and get going, shall we? Here we go. listening to Brave New Teaching, a podcast for educators challenging the status quo. I'm Amanda, and I'm a high school English teacher in Illinois. And I'm Marie, and I'm also a high school English teacher in Southern California. We're so glad you're here. Enjoy the show. As Amanda and I were kind of chit-chatting and just like getting our, ourselves centered before we started recording, we were talking about how there's a bit of a mindset shift that we think will really serve teachers specifically when they are looking at a virtual learning space, right? Like it's, <laughs> or even a hybrid kind of a thing. Um, and that's kind of putting yourselves into the shoes of an online business person or like an online entrepreneur. There are some productivity hacks or strategies that people who are running online businesses use that just like really save time, save energy, and have like the utmost productivity possible in the smallest amount of time. So we wanted to kind of like translate that into what that means for setting up for a new school year. Well, because here we are, like this is this situation we're in now in the fall is very different from what was happening in the spring. The spring was a panic. The spring was all new. The spring was very scary, emotionally draining for so many reasons. Um, and, and a lot of those things have carried over into the fall. But what we do know about the fall is in our education world, we can take more control over the situation than we could in the spring. We're starting fresh. We're making new decisions about curriculum, knowing that the year is going to be a little bit rocky. We have the, the history of what happened in the spring and the lessons we learned to serve us in a way that's going to help us make more positive decisions for this upcoming year. And like Marie said, in a lot of ways, we are running a business, running a classroom from our computers. And there's a way to go about that, a mental um, place to be in that's going to help you take a step back. Because let's be honest, right? Teachers have a problem. And that is we constantly feel the need to be serving our students. We never know when to hit the stop button. At least when we were in school, we could pack up and leave. Yeah. I remember my good friend, Abby Gross, if you guys follow her, she's at Ride On With Miss G. We went through a couple of seasons with her where she had a hashtag, I think, and it was right like to go like, you know, we were challenging ourselves to walk out the door. Yeah. I, Do you remember what I, it was? The hashtag? I don't used? remember the exact hashtag, but I generally, I could make it for like the first couple parts of her challenge. And then I always failed. And she was like, <laughs> laughing it's so at me. hard. I know. <laughs> well, now it's even harder because you yes. actually have to close your laptop. You have to walk away from your kitchen table and go to your shower or wherever. And not look at your phone and find yes. another email. Yeah. There's just something about the actual like change of location of leaving a classroom. And for some people, even teaching virtually from the classroom, like that's still in place, but there's just even, I mean, <sighs> even in a non-pandemic world, in our, in our current technological advancement state, that didn't make sense, but you guys know what I mean. Um, shutting off 
from work is extremely difficult. And so, yeah, we want to find some ways to get like the little tasks. Basically, the tips that we have today are going to save your emailing answering questions time, right? Because that is, <laughs> yeah. that is for me, one of the biggest thorns in my side. Once I'm like, ah, everything's yeah. graded, things are taken care I've taken care of like student content and conceptual questions. Everybody's in a good place. And then I have like 15 emails that are questions about like how to access something or like when grades are going to be posted. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah. So we want to, we want to be proactive in that nature and get things kind of taken care of. Amanda has our first tip and it is like the, she is the one who is already teaching, right? Cause I'm still planning, but even still, I like saw this one coming and I'm so glad that, uh, the, the <laughs> premonition was right. Amanda, let's hear our best first my best first tip coming off of actually, I, I dreamed this would be great. And now I lived that it's been great. Um, <laughs> it's so confirmed still. Oh, um, and I think this will, this will also carry into hybrid learning as well. Um, it is all about having one central place for everything. Keyword is one, one central hub. So for me, I'm using Google sites. That's where everything is. That's where everyone goes at the start of every period. They find all of the things. So the trick is I'm still using Flipgrid, Google Classroom, uh, what, uh, Actively Learn. I'm using all these things. But where I send my students is just to the website first. So whatever that might be for you, maybe it's your LMS, maybe it's a Google site, maybe it's a, a whatever, if the only place your kids ever have to go at the start of a period is that one spot, you will eliminate a lot of, what do I do? Where do I go? What's do? I don't know what to do. Um, your parents also hopefully can access this place. That would be ideal. That was one of my requirements for when I chose my central hub. But so far, I have been really happy. The only little thing that's happened so far is I actually have one website for all three of my courses. So I teach ESL English 3, which is a junior level class, and AP Language. I've had a couple of kids go to the website and like navigate in the wrong tab. Like I had, I had two of my English three kids answer a Flipgrid for my ESL class, which is like, I'm like, wait a second, <laughs> where'd you come from? <laughs> so, I mean, I think that's just like, they just navigated to the wrong. Or, that's just a little training, right? I mean, oh, that's the yeah. kind of thing that like Harmless. you have a kid turn in their paper to the wrong period inbox. Exactly. You exactly. know, and, and you're like, wait a minute, <laughs> you don't belong here, sweetie. But that's the stuff that happens in the first month or so. And this really does like go along with the whole business person analogy. Like if we think of our students and their parents as customers, I, I hear I, this is problematic. I hear it, but bear with me, everybody. Like we want to make sure that it is as easy as possible for our customers to make a sale or whatever it is for them to be successful. We want to make it as easy as possible, as accessible as possible for our students and their parents and what, whatever other stakeholders, whether it's case managers, whether it's therapists, right? Like whoever it is that is going to be accessing anything on the behalf of the student, as easy as possible for them to do so. So that we, I mean, that's self-preservation in my mind. Totally. Yeah, it's, it's totally for them. Sure. But first and foremost, it's my self-preservation because I still have 
how many other classes, how many other students beyond that kid, I have my own children, my own life that I need to shut my laptop and like give attention to. Right. So like, that's what I mean by like, it's preventative measures. <laughs> it's totally but it's also like just the right thing to do because you want it to be equitable. You want it to be easy for people to find things and access the information that they quite frankly need. So give them one place to find it all and make that really streamlined and simple. And once you get to a certain point, like I'm at the point right now where it feels like, so I'm setting up my canvas site. I am a Google classroom user, but my district has said we need one central hub. And that one central hub is going to be canvas for all of our teachers. It has been quite the hullabaloo. Let me tell you, because that's hard. <laughs> like, for me, I just was like, oh, that's annoying, but I'll figure it out. For other teachers, like it's, it's, it's a hard transfer. It can be difficult to learn new tech and blah, 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 blah. Um, what I have done is said, I'm not going to learn all the bells and whistles. I'm not going to do all of that yet. I'm going to make it as simple as possible for my own sake. That's my first priority. And then for the sake of my students and parents and other stakeholders, so simple. There's like four buttons on my first page and like my name and the course so that they know that they're in the right place. And those buttons are like classwork. And that's where they're going to go to find anything, assignments, lessons, like whatever class information. That's where they're going to go. Like I have very simple things. There's only so many places to find things is hard to get lost. It's, and, and I think to your point where you're like, that was like one of my most important requirements was the ease of access. Because if we're talking about productivity, I want, I want my answer to those questions to be very simple. If those questions even come up. And by the way, I haven't gotten a single email this week. Hi, Mrs. Carter's. Where do I go? No, we're one. living, living my dream, living my dream right now as both a teacher and a parent because I have an incoming second grader. And I, I, you know, like there, there are less places to look for things. I feel like in elementary, I don't know though. I don't, it might be, I might be totally wrong. And there might be a lot of different things to access for elementary, because like you said, the spring was like triage and we were just doing everything we could. My son's teacher did an amazing job of organizing things in the spring. Like she's a, she's a rock star, but I got confused for my own students, for my classroom. And I was like, well, I got to do better. Um, I remember what I started to say, like, I feel like it's really simple right now. And now I need somebody to test it out for me, whether it's going to be a colleague or a, or, a, or a former student, I need to add them as like a dummy <laughs> student and have them navigate it and then tell me and like give me feedback so that I can really truly do this right. I don't want to answer the same email 25 times. Well, and I think, I think to your point too, Marie, like whether it's Canvas or Google Sites, you need to decide what, what those things are that bother you that you're not willing to deal totally. with and try to deal with those things on the front end. Now, you don't have to figure this all out before school starts. You might have to figure this out a little bit as you go. But so for me, it was one, it was definitely that ease of access for all the stakeholders. Um, but I had two other like really important qualifications. So I was trying to decide between Google Sites and Google Classroom. And another thing that that led me to Sites is I really preferred um, the ability on Google Sites to create pages and hide them from the navigation. So I can work ahead. I can create things and design things and outline things um, on my site and have it done. And when I'm ready for kids to see it, I can unhide, I can reveal um, that information to the students. And so that was really important to me. I know on Google Classroom, you can schedule things. Um, I didn't like that feature as much as I like what I'm doing on sites. And that's really a personal preference. Um, but that was really important to me. 
And then the other thing that was important, so like my third qualification is I still do want to do all the fun tech things. Like I want to do an Ed Puzzle. I want to do something with Cami. I want, I love using extensions and, and fun things and things that are all over the internet. But I think what the central hub does is that the kids aren't so stressed out about having all these different things because they don't actually have to go there. They're going to my site going to the day, today is Tuesday, whatever, whatever, and we're going to go here. And I just write here and I link the word here to wherever they're going. And then they just go there. Um, and I'm sure there'll be glitches along the way, but it doesn't feel as overwhelming because there's not a whole bunch of crap just like filling up a feed or filling up a stream. Um, so I have been very happy with this decision so far. It's a little bit more clicking on my end because um, I still do utilize Classroom for turning things in. Um, but again, it's linked, right? It's not the first place that they go. Um, so that's been really important for my decision of what is the central hub I'm going to use. Those were qualifications but whatever yours are, guide, you know, make a list and, and figure out what platform is going to be best for you. If you have a choice, if you're yeah, mandated yeah. by Marie, good luck. Well, I mean, but at the same time, my central hub is a place that is mandated. And quite frankly, I, once I had a small hissy fit for about 10 minutes, I was like, actually, this is really what's best for everybody. <laughs> and then I became a huge proponent of it. And I like helped design some branding elements for like my whole school so that you could tell when you got to a teacher's page from our school, it all kind of looked the same just to kind of ease that anxiety and like looking through and navigating for students and for parents. Um, but yeah, I think the idea of being able to schedule, uh, just use it the way that you want to use it or find the things that are important to you and, and make it work through whatever parameters are set for you. Um, so within that central hub, we have a couple of things that we know, <laughs> both from running our little fledgling business here at Brave New Teaching. <laughs> so it's become a business, you guys. It's kind of weird to think of it that way. Um, things that we have learned and then that we have like gleaned from others and just kind of those lessons you learn along the way. Um, one really important thing that I am putting already into my central hub is an FAQ section. Frequently asked questions mm -hmm. that are answered. And I think it's just going to be something that's under like my class information page, a little link that says FAQs. And it's either going to pop up to a page or maybe a PDF, or I don't know what it's going to be exactly yet. I've started jotting those things down, but to have those frequently asked questions answered. Um, it might be even something that I link in my email signature. Just going to throw that one out there. Just thought of that in this moment, but like when grades will be updated, what to expect, like when you're going to see new assignments, where to look for blah, blah, blue. Um, those really simple things that like, you know, two weeks in three weeks in by the time it's December and students are asking you questions that you're like, Oh my gosh, how do you not know this yet? And it's just because they like are having a brain fart, right? And they like can't get it together. Those are the, those are the emails that will break me. <laughs> so this way I can just say, it's right here in the FAQs and send them a link. And I don't have to like rage type my answer. I could just be like, here you go, hon. Boop. And whatever you choose for your FAQs, make it some kind of document that you can continually update because yes. of course your kids will start to ask questions that you don't have on the FAQs. So like I said, like on my Google site, I just, all I need to do is 
hit edit, add that question, add that answer, hit publish, and it's done. And now I have, I'm, it's like a live. <laughs> well, it's like, a, it's, it's like, yeah, I was going to say, it's like a Google Doc. So when I said PDF, actually, I take that back. That was a bad idea. Um, but yeah, have like a page, like within my Canvas site, it'll be a little page or it'll link to a Google Doc that's view only or whatever. But FAQs are amazing. And I'm like, why don't I have this in my regular classroom? Just like a list of FAQs on the wall. So when a kid asks me a question, I go, go look there. So I do that in my classroom. I actually have a product on TPT for that. So my, my, I have a wall full of QR codes. So I have the question and then a QR code under the question. And it links to a video of me answering the question. Like, oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Um, so QR codes are kind of pointless in virtual learning, um, <laughs> but you could record some snarky videos. Like I think I did mine with like, um, like Snapchat filters or something just to be silly. And I, and they, you know, like one of the questions was, can I go to the bathroom? And like, I made the kids scan the QR code to hear me say to his face, uh, yeah, just go stop interrupting class. <laughs> oh, see, this is why you're my spirit animal. I, I love mean, that. Do you, I'm telling you, after one week of online teaching, I actually had a kid who said, Miss Cardenas, uh, I've been trying to raise my hand for 20 minutes. Is it okay if I go to the bathroom? I'm oh, like, honey. dude, you're at your house. Yeah. I- you're, probably, you're probably wearing jammy pants. Let's be honest. We can't see the rest of you. Yeah. There are some <laughs> other weird things going on in virtual classrooms, but- I mean, it's, it's a weird like, another blending, right? Day. Like, it's a weird- I know. I can't- <laughs> I can wait, but I also can't wait to do you guys. We have coming up in a few weeks, once I'm in school as well, we have a working title for an episode. That's how was the first day? Did you survive? <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll have to discuss that because by that point, my school's trying to get us back hybrid. So yeah. I might be having a whole nother first day of school by that exactly. point. Too, so. so you've survived this one, but the next one is very much in the air. Yeah. No, I, we can talk about more of that later. Cause I don't want to get all ranty on you guys, but definitely an FAQ section. Yes. Don't skip that. It will save you time in the long run. Not even time. It'll save you sanity. Well, and something to throw into that FAQ specifically for online learning, but this actually could work for in person as well is like a video of a tour of your class. That's a great idea. Yeah, like a tour of your central hub, where to find things for both students and parents and other stakeholders, or even if it's live, a tour of the classroom so that they can see this is where students will be turning things in. I mean, even though you and I both teach high school, we we know, I mean, they're kids. Kids are kids and they're doofuses a lot of the time. I mean, they just can't help. I'm not saying this in any judgmental way. You have those like super smart, well put together, like totally on top of it, kids that ask you a question that you're like, what do you mean? Where do you turn it in? You've been turning into the inbox for six months. You doof. Right. Well, you and they ask that question, but you can have like a video that just like normalizes it for you. And when the kid says, mom, dad, I didn't know what to do. Mom knows what to do. Cause she saw it on the video. <laughs> like, and, and here's a little secret. Kids are really lazy. Yeah. So Um, I mean that I say that you guys know, I love students. I'm not saying this to be a brat. Um, but, and this is sometimes this is adults as well. I've talked to some other teachers who have parents sending, you know, a lot of times people will email a person to get a faster response, putting all the responsibility on the other person to do the response. So your job is just to say, I've already answered that. Here's a link. And you know what? The kids probably won't even go to the link. They probably won't. They probably they won't know the watch answer. The video. 
<laughs> but they just wanted you to do it all for them. So this is a great life lesson. I would just want to add one more thing to your FAQ section, which would be something about email etiquette. Yes. Um, because I've already had a couple of kids email me and my response is, I can't wait to respond to you after you have correctly written this email link. Uh-huh. Well, I mean, oh, so the lazy, right? It's, it's, it's lazy because they're pushing boundaries, right? Like it, it comes off. Sometimes it is a kid just being like, I don't want to do it. I'm being lazy. Uh, right. But right, it's, it's right. a, it's a, it's, it's part of growing up. They're pushing yes. boundaries. They're seeing how far they can get. And sometimes they're overwhelmed and they forget yes. that they know what to do. Yes, and they so do. we just remind them that they know what to do. Mm-hmm. We, I, we feel like you guys listening know that we come from a place of like love and we've been working big with time. Big we've time been working love. with kids long enough to know just like, these are some of the idiosyncrasies that it is to be a teenager. And yeah you know, love them. But sometimes you're like, oh my God, the inbox is still by the door. It's, it's still there. It's still there, sweetie. It's still, it's still there. If, if you guys ever watch the Goldbergs, you know, Murray Goldberg always calls his kids morons. <laughs> and like, I think I say that kind of stuff about my kids all the time, like my own children, but like, that's kind of how, when I talk about students, sometimes it's like, you guys, I love you. Guys you know this, on. you know this, your brain is just flooded with hormones. All right, number three. Yes. What's our number three? So we've got Central Hub, FAQ section, and last but not least. Last but not least, we are going to take a little thing from our elementary colleagues. Those of us in secondary don't all do this, but elementary does, and they do it amazingly. Some sort of a meet the teacher or a teacher introduction section to your online classroom. Um. I'm sure you guys have seen floating around TPT. There's those really cute, like editable uh, PDF sheets you can make. That's like meet the teacher and it's got her favorites or his favorites and like snacks and a picture of the teacher. And it's got all this information that like as a secondary teacher, I never felt the need to do that because I was like, it's, it's fine. Like just here's the syllabus, dear. You'll get to know me as we're in class together. We'll chat during our little one-on-one and like classroom conversation sessions. It's fine. Um, I I think that those of us, especially who are starting virtual, like that is a necessary component of connection. Our students and their parents need to know who we are. So whether that's a sheet or a like, I plan to make a little video and like show my own kids in it because I, I need them to know I'm human, right? And like that sort of an introduction piece. And I, I'm kind of thinking I might have to go back on my snarkiness before and like start doing this in real life when the classroom is real again too. We'll see. I, I love talking about myself in my classroom. Um, the second day of school or third day of school every year, I, I spend almost a whole class period talking about myself. And um, it, is, it is the, and I talked about this in our, our other episode about planning your first week. Yeah. Uh, but in, in a nutshell, I, and I tell the kids, this is not a presentation born from vanity. Um, this is about peeling back the layers as to who this stranger is trying to teach me. And, and I, it's really couched in the things that I elect, the stories that I tell my students about my life are very carefully selected. I have a very emotional story that I share with them about my junior year of high school because I teach juniors about when I, um, I was a student athlete. I was a soccer player, like bound for division one soccer playing and I tore my ACL. And I tell them the, the extended version of that story because kids love drama. There was so much drama. Um, <laughs> and about how that completely shifted everything about the rest of my life. Uh, and that all of a sudden I went from my sport being the thing that drove me to college to 
my major and what I wanted to do with my life. So I do, I tell them things like that. I talk a little bit about travel. Both of the schools that I've worked at are places where communities where students pretty much are born, raised and stay. Um, and, and, and I think that it's important for them to see that there's other stuff out there. Um, so I do, I do that there. And I did make a video for my class uh, that was on my website and it's still there. And then it's, it's a little long. Um, but if you guys are going to make a video, it's probably going to serve you multiple times because um, my school came back and said, Hey, for parent night, we're not going back to school. We want you to make a video. <laughs> so all I really had to do was chop down the one that I already had. And I was like, here you go. So Yay, here I am. Yeah, it was used for multiple purposes. And that was really, again, we're talking about efficiency and productivity. I was very happy that that was the case. Well, and it's funny because like, I'm very opposite of like your experience with the communities where you've taught. I'm, I'm teaching in the community where I grew up and like I'm raising my kids in the community where I grew up I'm at one of the rival high schools to my own high school. Um, and so that piece, like sharing that stuff about myself comes out real easily. And oftentimes kids already know who I am. Just, they already know who I am. No, just because I'm very loud and they just, they've either had me before or their siblings have had yeah. me, you know, or, <laughs> or I grew up with their, their oldest siblings. That actually doesn't happen as much anymore now that I'm like 36, but it used to happen in my twenties all the time where I would have a kid that I knew when they were a baby because I grew up with their oldest sibling. And I was like, that's okay, so that's cool. That's I've it never is, lived in a place that I loved long enough to stay there. It is really cool. <laughs> and it's also so odd because then there's like, I just sit there and I go, I really have like, there's no, not that I have anything to hide, but like, I'm, I'm already part of it. Like <laughs> open book. Um, but I think that I need to shift that a little bit and be really mindful about really presenting myself as who I am. And like, as they're to like you're saying, like peel back the layers of who this person is, because especially new students coming in, they don't, they don't know me anymore. It's just a different, like, I'm just all growing up now. You see? Um, yeah. And I'm excited to do something like that. Like right now, I'm, we're, still, we're still rocky enough two weeks out from the start of school that I don't feel completely comfortable solidly planning curriculum because I don't know that I will have my prep stay the same. Like I'm still, I have my curriculum planned, obviously, but I don't, I don't know that I'm going to start loading things into my Canvas shell because what if I'm not still teaching that course in a week and a half? Right. But you, but this Marie, is something I can do. Like, you, right. So I think you are saying a lot of the things people are feeling. And I think the exact purpose of this episode is to give you guys a handle on what you can take care of, what you totally. can manage, what you can handle. So that is building the shell of whatever your hub will be. You don't need yep. to fill it out, but you need to decide what it's going to be. Get that central hub, build your shell, make your color scheme, whatever you want to do and have it ready build your FAQs. Those are going to stay very similar to what they were in your original classroom, your expectations, um, things like that. You can copy and paste from your student handbook and you go know, back like to that. like, go back to the spring. What was the email? What were the two questions yep. that you answered the most, right? That's where you can start to get those ideas and you just yep. kind of look back and you're like, ah, right. That yep. and that. <laughs> yeah. And, and make your meet the teacher page video tour, whatever you want it to be. And you will feel very productive. You will actually be ahead of the game for a lot of reasons because none of this stuff is fun to do once school actually starts or once you're rolling. Um, but if you've at least kind of got a handle on that, and even for me, like I'm going to go back and update my FAQs. I'm going to uh, make sure that that's up, up and rolling, but that's going to make things feel really good. I actually have one bonus tip for everybody. Yes, you do. Let's hear it. So 
if you follow me on Instagram a couple weeks ago, I confessed that it might look like I've got my, uh, you know, what together in terms of school. And I do, I feel like school's where I really am organized, but you guys, my actual life, like the life that requires laundry and showers and, um, dinner, um, that life is not so, or it's getting better. It's like not so good because I love to work. So for me, the, structuring of my day in this virtual world has made everything else fall apart. Well, school's soaring, but like my life is, is like, is, a, is a, in shambles. And just like, I mean, just like you said before, this is absolutely what people are feeling. Right? I, it is, and, and I thought like, oh, I'm going to get it together. Like, yeah, I, I told myself that every week and it never happened. So yes, I, I crowdsource as usual through my Instagram people. I was super vulnerable and I said, just tell me what to do. So after lots of in-person research, I decided to actually schedule my day the way that school is scheduled. So I have broken down on a spreadsheet hour by hour, what I need to do during each time chunk. So, uh, in my school, we have like a teacher work time, then there's zero hour, first hour, right? All of the hours of the day. Um, and then I have on my spreadsheet, like the hours before school starts. So I have like 5am to 9pm color coded and planned. So I decided to actually plan my own life with the same intensity and craziness that I plan my school because if school's working, then it should work for my real life. And so if you guys are like that, um, I found it very helpful to schedule for myself, like the periods that I'm not teaching. I decided on Mondays and Wednesdays, I'm going to be batch grading on Thursday, Tuesdays and Thursdays. I will be planning by Friday at 3 PM. All of my plans for the next week are done. You know, like things like that. I scheduled into my day. I scheduled my lunch. I have lunch every day during six period just like I would at school. And it's prevented me from having lunch at two 30, which is what I was doing over yeah. the summer and, and during the spring, like, and then not hungry for dinner at six or ready to prepare, you know, like everything kind of fell apart. So I, I say hop on Google sheets, make a table in Google docs and actually schedule out every stupid thing. Like I even scheduled in a half an hour for chores. And I decided like Mondays, I'm going to take that half an hour. I'm going to clean the two stupid bathrooms in my house. Yeah. yeah. And then I'm on Tuesday, I'm going to do, I'm going to fold all of the laundry that I washed the night before. I'm going, like, I actually had to schedule chores for myself because I just keep coming up with more reasons to do school and yeah. fewer reasons to do housework, personal stuff. Like, you know, things it's like It's because you're in the flow too of work. Once you, I mean, we, we have all like experienced that when you're in the flow, you're like, yes please don't make me stop. Please don't make me stop. Darn it. I have to feed my child. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like I can hear myself. I'm completely the opposite right now where I'm like in the flow of like the house. And like, we finally, if you follow me, you know, we had some major flooding and mold in my house this summer. So like, I finally have a fully functioning home with like every bathroom has a toilet in it now, which was not the case for a couple of weeks. And like, things are clean on a regular basis. And then I'm like, oh, right, school. And like, I can't get my brain to focus. But if you block out time, like you're saying, it's, I actually, I'm going to add this in. This is going to be in our show notes. I have a free download for you guys. If you just want to print, you can do Amanda's thing. If you want to do like a Google sheet and have everything color coded, 
or if you're like me and things need to be a little bit more flexible because of my kids and their schedules and like my four-year-old, the four NATO, right? Just like coming through and blowing everything up. Um, I have a thing where you can create different to-do lists and schedule your day by hand each day, each night, maybe a week at a glance kind of a thing. We'll throw that in the show notes for you. I forgot to put it up early in the summer when I made it, when people are asking for it, but now you guys get it. So that's cool. I can even, I, and I'd be happy to share my template as well. Uh, Perfect. It's not fancy, but um, it's really been a lifesaver for me because when a class ends and I'm like looking around, like, okay, what do I do next? There's 70 things on the to-do list. Totally. Okay. This is, this is fourth hour. This means on that to-do list, I'm doing these types of things. Like you just take, is, you take the pressure off yourself to prioritize because you like pre-do it, right? Yes. Like you like, yeah. Yes. Totally. And I don't like that. I don't typically like that, but now that I'm living it, I'm like, okay, this makes me feel a little bit better. I do that for myself during regular school, during my prep periods, like Tuesdays and Thursdays, my prep period is for grading. Mondays and Wednesdays, my prep period is for planning. Fridays, my prep period is for staring, talking to my friends who are also on their prep period and eating Hershey Kisses. Like that is, and catching up on email. Okay, fine. I do work. But like, we do a lot of brainstorming. We do, that's where we come up with cool ideas. Like we just kind of talk shop and that's completely scheduled into my weekly prep period at a glance. So why not do that from working from home as well? Amanda, that was a really good idea. Oh my gosh. Thank you guys. Oh my gosh. You're welcome. If you guys are loving this podcast, we would love to have a review from you. Um, it has been so exciting to just expand to new teachers and share, um, our, our knowledge, our experience with everybody. And we are so thankful that you are trusting us with your time. And I hope that we've provided for you some, solace, maybe some, I don't know, maybe just some comfort that you're not alone. And we are happy to be there with you for you. And uh, we're your cheerleaders every single day, you guys. Absolutely. Yep. Head over to iTunes, leave us a quick review and a rating. If you have a moment, head to bravenewteaching.com for today's show notes and all the show notes of episodes past. Um, the other thing we're going to start doing is asking you guys for your input. What do you want to see? So make sure you are following us on Instagram at Brave New Teaching so that you can give us some input. If you have ideas for episodes, we've gotten some emails for some of you going, hey, do an episode about this. It's fantastic. We have them all in our calendar and we just want to make sure that we are also creating what you guys want to hear. So with, uh, with that, we are going to let you guys go. Thank you so much for listening today and we'll see you next time.